0: For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Grand Purpose, I'm Ken Beaulieu. Nightmare, dumpster fire, challenging, surreal. These were some of the words and phrases people used to describe 2020. And while many of us would like to erase the past year from our memory banks, the world did see a greater focus from brands to become more purposeful. From taking stands on pressing social issues, to helping in the fight against COVID, to aligning with charities, brands led with purpose, drove goodwill, and made a difference in people's lives. To talk more about the year that was, I am joined by Jeff Fromm, president of Futurecast and author of The Purpose Advantage. In addition to evangelizing, teaching, and writing about brand purpose, Jeff is an expert on youth culture and youth marketing. Jeff, welcome back to Beyond Profit. Thanks,
1: Ken. I'm looking forward to having a conversation today.
0: Yeah, I am too. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. I guess uh, congrats are or in order you made it through the year safe and sound? Yes,
1: indeed. It was quite the, quite the 2020, and unfortunately, 2021 didn't start the way any of us wanted.
0: So when you look back at 2020, Jeff, and all the talk around brand purpose, and, and there was a lot, what struck you the most?
1: Uh, a couple things. One was that companies uh, that are doing it right and well understand that purpose and sustainability is Metaphorically speaking, and they are taking actions in favor of being empathetic to the stakeholders that they serve. And, you know, obviously there's a health crisis. Inside the health crisis, we have a growing social injustice uh, crisis in the U.S., and consumers and employees expect leaders. For brands to be their most empathetic
0: selves. You mentioned that it was a time for leaders to step up, and I couldn't agree with you more. Did you feel that enough leaders did just that?
1: And everywhere between, you know, companies that have strong leaders with strong, clear values took decisive action. And it was very positive And I think um, it made pe- people feel better about where they work and, and who they do business with to see so many brands do the right thing.
0: So do you believe that despite you know the pandemic and the pressing social issues, that that actually those those types of things help galvanize companies to become more purposeful?
1: in some ways it might parallel how the importance of home has changed. I work from home now, I live at home now. You know, home takes on a whole new meaning, right? So likewise, the increase in importance of these things is probably pretty dramatic based on the situation that we we see and the complexity of that situation.
0: Do you feel that companies now have a better grasp of brand purpose or are there still some concerns out there that you're seeing and purpose washing being among them?
1: I think I would make a couple quick points. One, the ANA did some nice work on the diversity conversation. And Bob Lightice came out and said, look, only 12% of CMOs are from multicultural ranks. We have a lot of underrepresented communities. 40% of the US is multicultural. So he pointed out a very clear sort of need. And so I think I want to be really clear when it comes to galvanizing, I think there are a lot of companies and associations that are taking action and doing it in a way. Now, when it comes to purpose washing, I hate to pick on anyone. So what I would say is one thing we saw was a dramatic increase in philanthropy in 2020. And that was probably the right short-term thing, given what happened in the world probably not the right long term strategy for most brands. Philanthropy is not a replacement for having a clear purpose and sustainability strategy and acting on it. And when we hear the term purpose washing, what often happens is there's too much virtue signaling and not enough leadership in action. And I think companies that avoided that were companies like Walmart with their pay raise and there were a variety of companies, you know, Unilever and Procter Gamble and others who clearly took action in favor of consumers and leaned into empathy anyone out the companies that are in trouble are the ones who only did the philanthropy piece did virtue signaling and haven't taken the action yet those companies need to get moving
0: you mentioned that philanthropy in and of itself is not brand purpose is there still a lingering issue about the real true definition of purpose
1: these kinds of categories and the big shift that's happened in the galvanization question you referred to earlier is now today that's offense instead defense consumers and employees lean into companies who values aligned the to their own they pay a small price premium for those brands and ultimately that price elasticity advantage that small advantage translates into profits and the opportunity for companies to engage in stakeholder capitalism. And so the conversation shift has been dramatic in the past 12 months. And so I don't think philanthropy is unimportant. I just think it's not a replacement for, and I don't think most of the companies that are doing this well think of it that way. For Mm -hmm. it It used to be, you could write a check and move on. I don't think that's gonna work in Tomorrowland. And I think most of the strong brands
0: understand that. Well, speaking of strong, purposeful brands, Tell me about a few that you feel made a significant leap last year in terms of elevating their purpose.
1: Sure. i referenced Walmart briefly. I think that for a long time, Walmart's been a little bit of a quiet giant. They've made significant changes to their supply chain to, in favor of the environment. And they added on to that with some significant changes in their compensation to ensure that people made a you know, sort of quote living wage or decent wage. I think that's a more visible Thing. And interesting from a company that historically didn't take a position on issues, their CEO and their company took positions on issues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Even issues that might be unpopular with some of their consumers, right? In terms of, Maybe we're not going to sell gun-related things in our stores or we're not going to do this or we're not going to do that. That was significant material kind of activity. One of the clients we're consulting with, Dairy Farmers of America, took a big leap forward by looking at setting science-based targets to greenhouse gas emissions and reducing those emissions by 30%. And, you know, that's a big challenge when you represent literally thousands of co-ops throughout the U.S. And it also sends a message across the food industry that, that we're serious about creating food for the many and at the same time reducing our impact on, on climate and and they made you know great strides in terms of being able to take decisive action to be in line with the Paris agreement okay. even as the United States walked away from that same agreement which I imagine we will immediately re-enter here in the near term with a change in administration. So I think there are a lot of companies that are doing the right thing, and some of the stories we hear and some we don't. But I think over time, the right thing comes out, and, and those employees that work at those companies and those other stakeholders and consumers end up saying, wow, I feel better about these brands as a
0: result. Do you think part of making that significant leap, Jeff, is just being more vocal in your marketing, you know, more in the face of consumers about what you're doing to improve society? I'd be cautious. I think it probably needs to happen before
1: we get to marketing, right? Marketing is, is probably how we take actions and speak loudly. And so marketing is super important. And it's obviously what I do all day long. And it's what, you know, the ANA is focused on. But I think it needs to start with Business model and making sure that uh, purpose is uh, culturally embedded in the organization and that there's alignment between the culture and the values and the behaviors, and there are trade offs sometimes between profit and doing the right thing and we have to balance both it's not that it's all of one or one of the other and so I think more and more companies are understanding and trying to manage that but it's a different set of muscles so I think the companies that do it well then use marketing to activate you know it's like you know, we're dove we're gonna use some of our marketing campaign to talk about hair inequality because That's a real issue. And that makes sense for their brand to do that, right, It's consistent with their brand. But it starts with action, right? Like they have to actually invest time and energy and then talk about it. If they talk about it before they spend the time and energy to do the real hard work, that would be when you get into the purpose watching and whatnot. So the marketing piece is important and it needs to be finessed. It can't be overplayed and you can't try to take too much credit or do it too quickly. But if you do it appropriately, it's very
0: powerful. We keep hearing from member brands, both large and small, that activating purpose continues to be a challenge. I'd love to know your thoughts around that. Is that what you're hearing? And then more specifically, what kind of advice do you have for companies that sort of are in a a rut when it comes to purpose? So first, who is responsible for purpose and sustainability in the organization? If the answer is
1: marketing or HR or something like that, there's talking to so many leaders. One is for a little tiny company called Mama Socks. And when the crisis and the inequality conversation started, their CEO said employees came to me with a plan before I asked them to develop a plan because their company was built as a social justice company, right? And I think that could be true when I look at a bigger company because I also had a chance to talk to, and you've probably talked at some point, to either Chris Miller, who's the head of Purpose and Sustainability Strategy at Mm -hmm. Ben & Jerry's, or or even their CEO, and I've spoken to to both. And that is, is Ben & Jerry's an ice cream brand or a social justice brand that happens to make ice cream? And I'd argue, you know, when you ask what business we're we're in, ultimately they're a social justice brand that just happens to make ice cream. (laughs) And so when you have that kind of clarity, it's much easier companies that didn't start this way, and they've had to change because they're built with a different DNA, the key part isn't that you're perfect, it's that you're making the change and that you're engaging across departments and that you're moving forward. Perfect isn't an expectation from anyone, it's progress that matters. And so if we think about it through the right structure and through the open, honest, tough conversations. way we thought before. We knew we needed to change. So you have to say, you know, this starts with me. I own this and and not one candidate for every position too. So that there's an, an underrepresented minority is not simply BIPOC, right? That includes people who have mental disabilities or physically challenged that's a wide range of underrepresented minorities. Mm -hmm. So this is not easy. And and these kinds of changes take time and perfect is the enemy of getting started.
0: You just said, I own this. And I'm assuming you're not speaking specifically of leadership that the entire company needs to own it. Different companies work different ways. But if if, if it's not owned a CEO or someone who has cross-dependent departmental authority like a chief
1: strategy uh, and sustainability type officer the odds that it succeeds it to go down now in some companies could it, is it possible this chief marketing officer could own it and it works yes provided the supply chain and human resources and other functions all have shared equity in the development of that mm-hmm. strategy and it's part of the dna of the company because otherwise if it's just owned by one department that's when you and it's not part of the dna of the company to begin with you run a pretty high risk of failing because i don't report to you uh, you know. I'm the head of supply chain. I'm the head of finance. I'm the head of HR. Why is marketing telling me what to do? And so it needs uh, needs traction at the top of the C-suite. And that's why some of the large companies that didn't start this way, I think, have achieved so much traction. They've said this is going to be a priority at the very top of the organization and then empowered either one or some small group of people to make these changes
0: in a collaborative way so we talked briefly about marketing purpose again looking back at 2020 do you feel brands did a, a decent enough job of marketing and advertising their purpose or at least bringing it to life in creative ways i think for the most part there was a lot of improvement in how companies brought it to light with the exception obviously of some companies that maybe got ahead of themselves and talking about it before they had done it right i think there's You know, still significant room for improvement in the social media
1: sector with big tech uh, in terms of making sure those platforms are used for good. I know in our research on Gen Z and in a piece I just wrote the other day, you know, 49% of Gen Z literally think of social media for primary news source as opposed to 17% of older adults. So that means we need to make sure that if it's a primary news source. There's real news there, and so I think there was a lot of improvement in a lot of categories. But social media brands and big tech, I think there's an expectation over the near term that either they're going to need to police themselves, or you know somebody's going to need to step in and make sure that there is some amount of policing um, going on. And then I think there are a lot of companies like ours that have hired people for the first time, like a DEI director. Change, it's another thing to take action in order to allow that change to
0: occur. I mentioned at the open that you are an expert in youth culture, having written a few books. Gen Z, would you say that this is the generation that is especially rallying around purposeful brands? Yeah, what I would say, and we actually did a study with about three, four
1: and consumers purpose and sustainability matters across generations but it matters more in an inverse correlated kind of line so younger people are more predisposed to engage with brands that are purposeful and sustainable so gen z is the most open to it but that doesn't mean millennials aren't they are just not quite as much doesn't mean gen x isn't just not quite as much so it's important across generations it's more important uh, statistically speaking to the youngest Young adults who just recently graduated college and who will be aging into the center of the bullseye of, of um, not just purchasing power but sort of influence, because in many cases they won't be the lead purchaser on a on a category, but they influence the category. And so it is important, and that that was something we saw in our research that was very clear that that this is a, sort of a macro trend.
0: There, um, I, I had mentioned to you in conversations previously that at our Masters of Marketing annual conference there was a lot of talk among the CMO community about moving from B2C and B2B to B4H, Brands for Humans. In other words, you know, focusing on the human's brand serve rather than a particular business strategy. I'd love to know you know, what you think of that phrase and what role does, does purpose play in that, in a Brands for Humans kind of strategy? So there are probably two routes on the Brands for Human strategy path. One is probably being
1: a human-centric brand. It doesn't mean you don't need to focus on environmental issues because environmental affects us all or social justice. But I mean, there are brands that have, I think, come up through that route. Brands, I think, are brands maybe like Apple, you know, where they just focused on empathy and design aesthetic. And I, I think there are a number of brands that are sort of of that nature. And then there's another route, I think, probably where there's brands that are looking at how Ago where you probably just would have went and looked.
0: So Jeff, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's one big purpose trend coming out of 2020 that you feel will gain additional momentum this year?
1: I think the conversation probably on the social media brands and big tech is, is going to be front and center very rapidly and their responsibility as brands and platforms. I think that'll be at the top of, of the cultural conversation for the very near term. As we move into the back half of the year, I hope we have some additional opportunity to look at uh, at other trends, particularly around social justice and how companies are making meaningful changes in their in their internal and internal
0: study recently that said companies and brands are open to taking a stand. They most just don't know how to go about it. Is that what you're hearing too? Lastly, Jeff, I referenced your great book, The Purpose Advantage, and I recommend all listeners to download a copy. Can you just walk us through some of your best practices from the book that you feel will help marketers become more purposeful this year?
1: a copy, 100% of the proceeds will go to the brand lab, which is focused on racial justice in the marketing suite, both inside brands and inside agencies. I think if I were to highlight a couple points, first of all, why was your company started, whether it was five years ago or 100 years ago? What is that origin story? And can you connect your origin story to your Tomorrowland story? And can you create a model where you generate profit and add good to society, whether that's environmental, social, or otherwise? And we use the UN Sustainable Development Goals as a framework, and I think that's the best practice. That allows you to embed your purpose into a structure that's uniformly agreed upon. And we see that both for B2B and B2C. Though so I could highlight SAT as a B2B brand or any number of other companies, they're very purposeful, very sustainable, that are not consumer brands. Don't mistake the fact that I've used brands like Walmart as examples. You know, because they're a consumer brand, it only matters to consumer brands, uh, when in fact, it matters just as much to B2B companies. And if it's a long term thing, I can tell you I have a presentation next week uh, to an investment banking group at a conference. It's, of course, virtual but we're in the early stages of esg investing and more and more i think the conversation is you know get ahead of it because people are going to look at your financial performance they're going to also look at are you achieving
0: the goals you said you would achieve related to making the world a better place and are you publishing those reports and with the same vigor and intensity that you publish financial reports well perfect way to end jeff thanks so much for a great conversation i appreciate you joining me on beyond profit To download a copy of Jeff's ebook, The Purpose Advantage, please visit purposebook.barkleyus.com. That's purposebook.barkleyus.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.